Hello dear listeners and welcome to another episode of the Open Dreams podcast. My name is Abongdo Malian Titus. I am an Open Dreams scholar and equally the host of the Open Dreams podcast. To give a brief uh, summary of what the podcast is, the Open Dreams podcast is a collaborative series that brings together change makers, uh, mentors, mentees, scholars, and members of the Open Dreams network who are creating real change in the community, giving them the opportunity for them to share the progress of the work that they are done, as well as engage members of the general public uh, with the work that they are doing. On today's podcast episode, we are very pleased and uh, quite blessed to have with us um, Madame Tabot Deona, who is the Regional Pedagogic Inspector of Chemistry for the Central Region. She is joining us this evening to share her experience uh, as one of the most prominent mentors within the Open Dreams Network, uh, as well as an alum of um, the Fulbright Tea Program. Madame Tabot Deona, welcome to the Open Dreams Podcast. Thank you, Titus, for receiving me this evening on your platform, and I'm delighted to be with you tonight. Amazing. Thank you so much. Madam Deona, please tell us a little bit more about yourself um, for the for the audience so that they can kind of know who you are, what you do, your engagement with pedagogy, and a little bit about your passion um, for the, the, the teaching profession. Okay. I will start by saying I am Tabot Delphine Fondia. Um, you just uh, labeled me as Tabot Delna, and I love that. The Delna comes in as my social media handle name and I love it very much. Well, I am a teacher by profession coming from a home with my mother also was a teacher, a primary school teacher back then in the Mission College. I have always wanted to be a teacher. It all started when I came to Yaoundé to attempt entrance into the medical college. And uh, at one point, I had a turnover. I had to rethink about what I really wanted to do. And while attending the medical uh, classes, I just got a turning point and decided that no, my calling is in the teaching field. Mm -hmm. So I had to stop attending classes for the medical college and had to uh, I had to begin classes preparation towards the entrance into the higher teachers training college mm-hmm. and that's how it all started and I have always loved the teaching field so at one point after my training at the higher teachers training college I was posted to teach in a purely French institution mm-hmm. in the, the suburb at the periphery of the central region. And when I I had to contest that, I was told that Lo Cameroon Ebilenk. So that statement rang a bell in my head. And I said, okay, I will take the challenge. Unlike some teachers who could turn it down and would not go because they are they have been sent to an institution whose uh, language of instruction is not their first language. But I had to take the bull by the horn and I went to my first posting and I had to teach. Uh, being a, 
a chemistry teacher. I had to teach physics, chemistry. And uh, all through my years in the secondary school where I was, a classical secondary school, I I was glad to teach physics, chemistry in French. That is to French speakers, mm-hmm. as well as to the French speakers. And that made me to understand that as a teacher, you are not there to, to give. You, you are there to give and take because I had a learning process mm-hmm. while I was teaching my first uh, institution. It gave a different uh, perspective the way I, lo- I looked at life, that you should always be ready for challenges in life and take them because... Sometimes and, and most times, these challenges are there to spur you and robust your emotion ahead, ahead. And though I was teaching there in French, I was really missing my Anglo-Saxon system of education. Mm-hmm. So I had to look for a transfer. After teaching there for about five years, I looked for a transfer. I was brought back to town, and that was how I got myself in uh, the famous uh, LBA, Government Bilingual Practicing High School, Yaoundé. Though I did, didn't apply to be sent there, but I was sent there, and I was happy to be there since I had to start teaching my Anglo-Saxon uh, students. And that's how I came back to our system of education. So while I was in the French system, I did everything uh, like their uh, evaluation, the marking of their ex- public exams. I had to mark their probatoire, uh, a chimie. I marked chimie in the probatoire. I marked anglais in the baccalaureate. Yeah, so I was shuttling between anglais and uh, physics chimie. Uh, that was my journey there. And when I returned to... Uh, the and purely Anglo-Saxon system, I had to revive my my love for technology, and I I was yearning yearning for uh, technology classes, and I must say that while I was uh, in my first institution, I was also yearning for uh, professional development because I knew that I was I was not in the right place. So I needed more of professional development and personal development. I, so back then, it was not given to all the, the, the teachers. It was given only to head, heads of departments. But I kept on boggling my principal that, no, as a teacher, I have the, the right to a professional development uh, course. So I, yeah. need, I needed to be sent for a training as well as the head of department. So if I don't have the opportunity to be a head of department, it means I will never be sent for a training. So uh, that zeal made my my principal then to always make sure that I was sent for training. Open feet, the birthplace of dreams. Open dreams, the birthplace to be. That's, that, that's quite an interesting um, narrative there. And you've, you've already unpacked quite a lot that we could go into. But if I'd like to summarize, you know, your introduction and, and a little bit of the backstory, 
I would say that when you intentionally take on challenges, when you throw yourself in the ring, when you take the horn, the bull by its horns, um, and invite you know some sort of difficulty into into yourself or into your life, you are able to really develop your potentials and. You know your your story, madam, is is really an iconic representation of that that whole concept. So again, quite excited to have you. And um, I earlier said that you are the regional pedagogic inspector for chemistry for the central region. Uh, congratulations on that, by the way. Sure. So how has your experience? You. you know, how has your experience being a chemistry teacher prepared you for that role as as the pedagogic inspector for chemistry? Well, sometimes they say it's good to prophesy positively. Mm-hmm. Um, all through while I was a teacher, I have always said, if I have to occupy a post of responsibility, it should be an inspector. That is what I always prophesy, that a vice principal or a principal. I just love being an inspector because I know it is all about pedagogy. And I used to have uh, role models as inspectors, chemistry inspectors for that two ladies that I will appreciate the work they have done. One retirement and I had to replace her. She was my inspector and I have always, always look up to her. And the first is Madame Diobe Elizabeth. She's on retirement. And the second, Madame Egwe Katrine who is still a pedagogic inspector and my colleague. So I used to look up to them because of the work they were doing, genuine work they were doing. You know, there is a saying that is in the lips of most teachers that inspectors don't do their work. But I saw work done by these ladies and they spurred me as ladies. I said, oh, I could also become one someday. That is what I admired in them because they were doing the work. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, as God does its thing, they say you, if you are positive, who knows, someday your positivity might tend to become reality. And uh, I was just taken just like that unaware on a radio announcement. Mm-hmm. One afternoon I was in, in school struggling to put up my uh, tech uh, training mm-hmm. of my colleagues in LBA and someone called and was asking what are my names I gave the person and the person was saying that am I sure those are my names I said yes what what's going on what's happening say he has seen something I said you've seen something like what say it's like you have been appointed I said what you don't mean it (laughs) and that was how the the news broke out Amazing. Congratulations once more for for, for that. Yeah if if there's one thing that I've really gotten for that it's um is that when you truly appreciate and admire the work of the people that are leading you and you, you know, put yourself under that leadership and perform the role that you're supposed to do, um, things change and your career definitely grows from there. So there's one there's one recurring theme that has been going on in your discussions and you've, you've been mentioning them several times. You've talked about tech, you've talked about technology a lot. And um, I've noticed, uh, you know, with the work that you're doing, that you're quite passionate about technology and you're, you know, quite engaged in seeing how technology can be used to supplement um, teaching, classroom teaching, distance learning, and all of that uh, as a pedagogue. So how how does this passion really come about, you know, given that we are kind of in a space in, in our contemporary setting 
where technology has not really come into the, the pedagogic field that much how how are you able to you know come up with this passion for bringing in technology into into pedagogy um thank you very much for your question um i would like to take us back um while in the university in the university of boya i had this passion to know uh, what's really going on around the tech world Mm-hmm. Uh, at that moment, it used to be somehow analog. When you go in for training, the local training, I said no, I can't be, I, I can't be left behind. So I had to do uh, to do some uh, catch up three months training while waiting for a graduation for us to be sent out, and I just had those basics, but it wasn't enough. At one point, I thought of going back to the university to study computer science uh, because I I had that passion, passion in technology, the tech world. So when I got to uh, the teaching field, I noticed with the advent of the Anglophone crisis, I noticed that if I could have developed my skills in technology, there was something I would have done to give back to my community. My community back then is suffering from displacement. People are being displaced from one town to another mm-hmm. and children couldn't have access to education, which is one of the basic needs of the population. And uh, we came up with this idea of uh, creating short videos in line with the curriculum of the state, giving them out to these vulnerable ones those who couldn't have direct access to classroom, to traditional classroom. Was that engagement with um, creating those videos with, with the state curriculum? Did it kind of, uh, you know, did you experience challenges kind of switching between your normal delivery yeah, lot, classroom and, and going towards that? A lot, a, mm. a lot of challenges because, mm-hmm. you know, the classroom set, setting, which is a traditional setting, is the normal one all of us know we are used to, we are adaptable to. Now we switching from classroom to an online something it was quite uh out of the ordinary we were first at first uh, 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 side we we kind of looked at it and had that that doubt that mm. will this work out yeah this is a huge project will it work out and uh, in collaboration with um a peace corp by name uh, maya papaya we had to work things out to see that we, we involve and engage so many teachers from different uh, fields, different disciplines, as well as life skills. You know, in our normal setting, life skills are not taught in the classroom. Yeah. Our students do not learn life skills in the classroom. They only get to be educated only out of the classroom. So we, it was kind of a project whereby we want to involve the, the classroom, the traditional setting, and the, the outside world engaged to one and mm-hmm. see how we can implement it online mm-hmm. using short, short videos of maximum 15 minutes. Because from research, we noticed that uh, when you are, you are 
viewing, your brain can take a capacity of, say, maximum 10 to 15 minutes before they get the, the brain gets tired. So we kind of said, let's do these short, short videos in order first to fight against a large megabyte to be uploaded and downloaded. Yeah. These people are displaced. So if they couldn't have access to the traditional classroom, then megabytes will, will obviously be a problem to them. So while we were tackling the crisis problem, we will try to look at a possibility of striking a balance between, uh, say, the uh, internet providers with the educational uh, community to see if they could try to ameliorate on the megabyte to make learners have access of e-learning materials. But at that point, it was kind of difficult for us. We couldn't step into, into you know, in our political uh, system sometimes when you start going far off it means stepping onto some toes so we ended at the level of production of short videos in the, our organization called oasis online academy and that is how i continuously developed the zeal to work in the tech environment and link technology to education knowing well that we are into the 21st century teaching and learning Cameroon is still backward while the world is going ahead so it's it's like a vision that you foresee that while the world goes ahead we shouldn't be left behind and our learners too should not be left behind yeah that that's absolutely true um the the advent and you know, the mass creep of technology into different industries has definitely proven that it can solve a lot of problems, especially within the educational field, um, where even the COVID pandemic was, you know, an indication that we need to switch into other forms of education, uh, which are definitely e-learning platforms. And, and I'm quite excited to see that even as, you know, being part of the traditional system of education and being um, the regional pedagogic inspector for chemistry in, in the central region, you're still intentionally promulgating and pushing for technology to be used increasingly in addressing the problem of access to education for, for students in Cameroon. And uh, great job with that. So, you know, one of the interesting things or interesting um, sp spikes of your career is you being a Fulbright C alum or alumnus. And uh, C, which stands for Teaching Excellence and Achievement, um, you are an alumnus of uh, the T program where you went to the College of Engineering uh, at the University of Nevada in the U.S. So tell us a little bit about how about your experience over there in the University of Nevada, um, being in the College of Technology and, and uh, equally engaging with the, the, the T program. Um, I must say it was quite an, an interesting experience and a life-changing one for that. Uh, you, you, you are exposed to a lot of uh, other intelligent and interesting leaders from different countries in the world. That is to tell us that the world is a global village and there's, no, uh, there's nobody who is termed uh, wrong or right in his or her perspective. I this experience made me to realize that everybody's perspective counts. We just need to collaborate and consider others' point of view in this life journey. 
at the University of Nevada, Reno, uh, it was quite an awesome experience with uh, high-skilled lecturers, uh, leaders in companies like Tesla. Um, it was really great. My experience at the college, College of Education and uh, Engineering, mm -hmm. was quite amazing. I got to meet with other Fulbright tasks, that is, not the Fulbright T participants, but Fulbrighters undergoing masters. Uh, I met with a Kenyan who at the level of uh, a master's program in chemistry. And uh, we had quite some interesting uh, exchange. It was a great encounter. Um, what, what, a lot what, of interesting what things. And, uh, what part of this experience I, was the most interesting to you? Me coming in contact with so many other uh, teachers wow. from different countries and, mm -hmm. and learning about their culture. Mm. It was quite interesting. And uh, I, I got to believe that uh, never say never. Open dreams, the birthplace of dreams. Open dreams, the birthplace to be. For action and watch word, we will fight to understand. We will make it big. Here at Open Dreams. Because I am not right nor wrong. I got to believe that as a Christian, I am not, uh, I didn't decide to become a Christian. I was born in the Christian dome. Meeting with others with their own belief, it's not their fault. So I shouldn't consider myself uh, supreme over them. And they too shouldn't consider themselves supreme over me. We are equal in different uh, perspective. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, traveling to the U.S., participating in the Fulbright Tea program changed my way of see, looking at things, my way of uh, uh, treating aspects, life aspects. So, it has changed a lot. You give the a chance to everyone. Everyone has a chance. That so that brings us to back to my classroom. I often tell my teachers when I go in, go out for inspection, I say, you have to give a chance to every learner. Every learner must, should be given a chance to learn, to make mistakes, and to correct those mistakes. Nobody is termed a dull learner or whatever. The person can be a slow learner, but not a dull learner. Tackle that person from the angle of his or her competence and you you will find greatness in that person so you cannot judge a fish by bringing the fish on land you judge the fish in water mm -hmm. you will know how competent the fish is that is that is immense that is amazing so within the open limits network you are quite a renowned mentor and um a very prolific you know individual inspiring tens and tens of scholars to reach for their dreams and to achieve 
uh, the goals that they set for themselves. So how has the Open Dreams Network really, you know, kind of impacted and, and particularly supported your journey and uh, your your career as a pedagogue? I like that question. While I was a student back then, we lacked we lacked mentors. We lacked real counselors. Our journey all through college was solely based on uh, try and trial and error method. We were just going and going. Nobody was there to lead us to the right path. We 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 were seeing some impossibility in front of us. We knew that only the rich, the rich could attain some level of education. We knew a lot of things. Uh, we as with respect to uh, uh, training colleges, we knew that you could only bribe for you to have access to those colleges. There were a lot of information which was away from us. We didn't have access to real information, which could have led us to many more interesting places. But because of lack of that information, some of us could not reach where we were supposed to have arrived. So reflecting, and when I came across Open Dreams, back then it was still in Bamenda, the, the, the branch, the only branch was not yet there. I looked at how important that organization could, could be, the role it would play on the lives of our, our learners. And I had to fight to meet with uh, Akaba James, who remains my mentor, yeah, because through him I have learned a lot. And I had to bug him, bug him that he must come to Yaounde and establish open dreams because the students here need such bodies, such organization. And at the end of the day, it happened. And the very first uh, 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 training that open dreams was involved with in partnership with a uh, Fulbright Tea, I had to attend that training. And that's how I start, my journey with Open Dreams started. And all along, I have been and seen the generation coming up, attending the trainings, the trainings that are being led by Open Dreams and uh, the ACCAC organization. And yeah, we are. At least I'm proud to say I recommend students. And when if I pass the entire academic year without recommending, it, it, I am empty. It's like I'm, I'm, I have not done something. Mm-hmm. There's a void yeah, existing. Because I love it. I love to recommend my learners for them to go higher. That they shouldn't look at their situation as being a poor, coming from a low-income family or a middle class for 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 them not to continue their their studies yeah so i make them understand that life is still ahead of them it's not only in the classroom and they should see that they attain their dreams and i am glad that most of them are attaining, attaining their dreams and i want to believe that it is by the help of open dreams that I even got to to know you with your marvelous uh, marvelous work you have been doing with the youths out there. 
thank you very much, uh, Madam Diana. That was very nice of you. Um, so we are gradually moving towards the end of our discussion, and um, you you talk about your experience really being in the U.S. and being um, um a Fulbright T uh, alumnus. And I absolutely agree that when you expand and go out of your environment and and get to share experiences with different individuals from different backgrounds or different mindsets, different philosophies, not only do you expand your your scope of consciousness, but you also become um, a more apt and professional person in in that regard. Um, That's absolutely amazing and very, very inspirational. So I was slowly moving towards the end of of this this session. And um, one question that I'd really like for you to, you know, to answer for us is what counsel do you really give for young people who are, passionate about pedagogy and who are you know you know wanting to go into pedagogy or young people who are quite skeptical about pedagogy and 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 this field and maybe are running away from it so what counsel do you have to give for young people or people in general who have prospects in these two domains thank you once more um <clears throat> while i was in the us i noticed one difference between the, the U.S. community, educational community, and Cameroonian uh, educational community. Uh, most often when I, while in class, here in Cameroon, when I, I touch that aspect of career in my class, I noticed that my students never mentioned as, as a career that they would like to, be, to, to find themselves in. They will mention all the other uh, big names and all the like. Teaching was the last thing they will ever mention. But when I was in the U.S., I noticed that you will find passionate young university graduates who go in into the teaching profession with that passion to teach the young uh, children. And you kind of, you kind of really admire. They are, they are zeal in the field, in the teaching field. Wow. So I always remind my learners that do not minimize this career because without the teachers, every other career will not exist. So let's love. If you can't be a teacher, at least give us the respect for who we are because we you still find the genuine teachers who love what they do. And I always tell them that I am one of those that love what I do. And if I were to come back to this world, I will still choose the teaching field. Um, my mother, she, she taught with her heart. She did not teach for the money. She taught for the sake of imparting knowledge to the children. And, uh, and, and I admire that. Right up there, next to next to you know medicine and engineering as noble careers, I think teaching is just one of the most noble careers equally. And um, individuals are basically useless. People are are useless if they don't have good teachers. And we can only have upright, well contributing members of society if they are teachers and positive teacher role models who inspire positive values. Um, in students. I am a product of my teachers as well. I'm sure you studied at some point and it's absolutely not a wonder for how noble the teaching profession is. So, um, Madam Deona, uh, you said you like the name, so I just think I'm just going to keep using that. As um, as a closing remark, one thing that we always do uh, during the Open Dreams podcast episodes is that we give our guests the opportunity to give a few words of counsel 
or advice to the general listener so whoever it is that is listening right now part of our audience um, please would love to have you share with them a few words of general counsel okay thank you very much the first thing i will say is be positive positivity plays a great role to every individual and to humanity irrespective of the challenges you come across irrespective of what you will face use that as a stepping stone to attain your dreams to attain greatness i believe a lot in positivity irrespective of your low income status irrespective of whatever challenge you have just be positive that positivity will lead you to greater heights thank well, you thank you thank you so much for those words um madam deona it's absolutely amazing and we're really glad to have you we are quite humbled that you took out this time to share your words of counsel and um, experience with our with our audience and our listeners from all parts of the world um it's been absolutely amazing having you on this episode of the open dreams podcast uh, and have a wonderful rest of the day thank you so much dear listeners of the open dreams podcast we are quite excited that you made it through to the end of this episode uh, the open dreams podcast as a recap once more is a collaborative series that brings together members of the open dreams network and gives them the opportunity to share about the work that they are doing about the accolades that they have achieved and the impact they have created in the community and gives other persons the opportunity to interact and engage with their work and to advance the cause uh, of open dreams um thank you very much and have a wonderful day thank you open dreams the birthplace of dreams open dreams the best place to be for action and watch we will fight to stay